You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Um, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity, our covetousness, must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. The word of the Lord. Again, we are in this series on the Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit. Um, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that today, just a little bit, and then transition into talking more about functions of the Holy Spirit, those things that the Holy Spirit does for us and, and in our lives, um, and begin to move in that direction. We won't like compartmentalize this and say, okay, now we're done with the fruit, and we're moving to the functions, and then we'll move to the gifts and, and, and keep them separate from one another. All of this is going to start to blend together for us as we go through the series more and more, okay? Uh, so we'll continue to make reference to the fruit of the Spirit as we continue to go along in the series. Um, but what I'd, I'd like to, to, to talk to you about today is just this sense of what, what might you be able to understand better about how the Holy Spirit functions in order to help you walk in the Spirit. What are the, what are the actual things, the, the actual roles that the Holy Spirit takes as you are walking in the Spirit and growing in that walk and maturing in that walk? And uh, it's interesting to me that there's sort of kind of this, this contrast here in this particular passage of being filled with the Spirit um, and actually being drunk. 
Um, you know, someone who is, is drunk with wine or alcohol is controlled by it and, and they're consumed by that, that alcohol. But somebody who is in the spirit or drunk in the spirit is literally controlled or consumed by the spirit with the intent of helping, all right, of, of, of helping us to live a holy life. And, and some of us may think that's not, a, well, maybe that, that's a less than perfect contrast <laughs> to, to use that. But I, I, I would pose to you that maybe the Lord is trying to say to us, I want less of you and more of me. As you are living and as you are functioning, I want less of your will and I want more of my will in you and more of my spirit at work in you. And so the rhythms of our lives suddenly don't become controlled by us. But we yield to those rhythms based on what the spirit is doing and how the spirit is working in our lives. And so the spirit can begin to, to move and, and direct our course and align us in certain ways so that we are indeed more like Jesus. And so then I think we have to look at, okay, how is it then that I am to walk in this spirit-filled life, all right? How, how does the Holy Spirit work in me and through me? And we can see many different roles of the Spirit through the Scriptures, and we're going to parse a number of those out over the next few Sundays, all right? But what I, I want you to, to, to catch today is that the Holy Spirit is there to do a work in you and through you, upon you, with you. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to say this. But I want you to understand that when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and you living and walking in the Spirit, it is not a lone work of the Spirit. You have responsibility in this work. There are things that you do. There are ways that you cooperate with the Spirit. And I've listened to people pray from time to time in circles of prayer. And it's like, more, Lord, more. Just give me more. I want more of your Spirit. Without this sense of responsibility, even to what has already been entrusted to us. When you found Christ, or better yet, when Christ called you and, and, and brought you in to relationship with Him, you were filled with the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit was at work to draw you. The Holy Spirit was working in you in that regeneration. The Holy Spirit is continuing to work in you to sanctify you. The Holy Spirit is working constantly in your life to conform you to the image of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is very transformative in the work that He does. But that is not a work that is outside of you. That is a work that you come along with, that you and I come into. And so as we begin to understand the roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we need to be able to understand what is my responsibility? What, is, what am I supposed to do in response to that role of the Spirit in my life? How do I come into that? How do I come along beside that as, as the Spirit comes along beside me and begins to work, how do I then come along beside the Spirit and cooperate with that work so that it's being effective in my life? See, this isn't just a ride. You don't just have a co-pilot that does nothing. 
And it's not a ride where the co-pilot does it all and you just get to sit and kind of go along. This is a work that is being done. And this walk is done in tandem. This walk is done together, if you will, all right? And so when, when, when the Holy Spirit entered you, you decided at that point to serve God in some capacity, in some way in your mind. You're saying, okay, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. That's a wonderful moment. But are we in our lives living up to that commitment? Are we living that out now as the Holy Spirit is working in and through us? And the other thing I want you to keep in mind as we go into this now is not only is this a, a, a co-work between you and the Spirit, but in this, the Spirit doesn't do all the work and it's important for you to understand that the, the Holy Spirit is never going to prompt you to do anything that goes against Scripture. All right? It's a co-work. You and the Spirit do this work together. And from the Spirit's part, He will never prompt you to do anything that is contrary to the Scriptures. So when you're with someone and you hear them say things like, well, I just felt in my spirit. Well, my spirit and the Holy Spirit may not be in agreement. And your spirit may be listening to your flesh. And your flesh may be screaming at you what it wants. And it may sound really appealing. That doesn't make it God. <laughs> okay? So, God is good. Every good gift is from the Father. But not every gift is good. And not every gift is from the Father. All right? And so this is why we need the Holy Spirit coming along beside us because you and I are flesh. We're broken. And we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten us to those things that are God things and God moments and God works in our lives. And that's where we want to land. That's where we want to be living. All right? So how can you tell if you're being led by the Spirit? Well, I think one of the major ways is by the fruit of your life. All right? We, we, if we are walking in the, the fruit of the Spirit, which we've been talking about the last couple of Sundays, all right, there's going to be this evidence of this fruitfulness in our lives. And that's why it says here that we can walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. And that passage from Galatians 5 that we dwelled on for two Sundays kind of wraps it up by saying, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. All right. Again, it indicates, it implies that there's some action on your part. You can live in the Spirit, but when you do, then you walk in the Spirit. And that is the validation that you are actually there, okay? All right, so with that, let me take you through a few things here. I, I want you to, to, to notice that in, in this particular passage in Ephesians, which I'm just using as, a, as a, 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 a sister passage, if you will, to Galatians, 
Um, it says you want to be imitators of God. In other words, you want as God's children to be like God. There's nothing that has pleased me more in my life uh, as a father than when someone looks at one of my children and says, oh, they're just like you and they've been doing good. <laughs> That's different than, ah, look at that, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's a different story, okay? All right. But when they look and say, ah, oh, that, that, I know that's your child. I know that's your son. I know that's your daughter. Because what they are doing is good. And it, 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 they can identify that from seeing that pattern in my life. And I'm like, look at there. I did do something right. I did something good, you know. Uh, but th that's, a, that's a great joy. And I think the Father is the same way. The Father is overjoyed when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and we begin to emulate Christ. And it is Christ that they see in us. This is why Paul could say, wow, I'm dead, but I live. But it's not me. I'm, I'm not living. It's Christ living through me. And wow, that, what a testimony that, that what someone is seeing isn't me and my flesh, but they are seeing my flesh having been overtaken by the Holy Spirit, and now they actually see the character and the nature of Christ being emulated by what I am doing in this life. That's where God wants us to go. Friend, that's more powerful than you speaking in tongues or praying for someone to be healed or giving a prophecy or a word of knowledge or any of these other kind of things that we would love to embrace wholly as well. But there is a place to start. And that is in this place of character transformation and what God wants to do. So then, let me just try to give you a few things here this morning. Um, but... but not only are we to be imitators, second verse says we walk in love. So all the things that I'm going to share with you this morning are born out of God's heart of love for you. God does these things through the Holy Spirit because of his love for you. And, and it's a love that gave everything. As he says, Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Therefore, we should be the same kind of fragrant offering as Christ. We should lay down our lives. And so we allow the Holy Spirit to, to come in and, and to work through us. Okay? So what are these things that the Spirit can do for you in your life? The first and the most important function of the Holy Spirit for you uh, from, the, from this series would be the Holy Spirit dwells in you. John chapter 14, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, it says, because it doesn't see him, it sees him not, neither knows him. The world doesn't know, all right? But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Hold on to that. He dwells with you, he shall be in you. This is the promise of God for you and I, all right? All right, and, and this dwelling in us that's referred to here, this is how the Holy Spirit keeps us in contact with God, all right? We are, we are dwelling with Him. He is dwelling with us. This is important for you and I to, to, to understand and to hold on to. See, I think, and I know people say this is more predominant for men than for women. Men have a, a greater 
uh, tendency or propensity to compartmentalize things, you know, just kind of box things up. Um, and, and so we can, we can take our, our sin and, and just, we can kind of like do it and then put it in a box or get in the box with it and hang out with it, you know, and we can go back and visit it, you know, and that sort of stuff. But I think that, ladies, you have a propensity also to pull yourself back from the sense of the presence of God, all right? You can sort of like disconnect in some ways um, from, from God, and that allows you to hear the enemy. That allows you, when you focus on, on something else besides God, you are able to hear other voices louder than maybe the Spirit of the Lord, all right? So we all are prone to this place that I'm talking about, all right? And here's the thing, this is where we get comfortable sinning because it's almost like we believe this deception or this lie that, well, I don't really like feel God here. Well, that's because you're in sin, all right? But here's the thing, we somehow like close this imaginary shade. It's like, oh, well, I'm just going to do this. And so we move from spirit to flesh and we begin to fulfill the lust of the flesh in our lives. But we have this idea, this crazy kind of thinking that almost like, well, I didn't, God doesn't see this. You know, like I'm, folks, here's what I want you to understand. No matter how you sin, no matter when you sin, no matter what you do that is sin, regardless of what it is, how ugly it is, how bad it is, how wrong it is, how vile it is, whatever, God is there. See, God doesn't not see it. And this is why you and I need to be diligent to be in his presence. Because I'm going to tell you something. In the presence of the Lord, you're not going to be sinning. That's why it's important for you to live and dwell in God. Now, there, there's a lot of other things to talk about in that at some point, and we will, okay? But here's what I, I want you to get today is this understanding that God intends to pull you into him, and it is sin that separates us from God. So do you see why the enemy would continually want you to believe that you can do this, that you can compartmentalize this, or you can draw a shade on it, or you can just do it and then come back? And that's the way a lot of Christians are living their life today, is this sort of in and out, this dance with God and the dance with the world, all right? And we're living in those places and saying, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I know it's wrong, but I'm just going to do it. And the Holy Spirit is saying, no, I want to draw you into this relationship I want to draw you into to this harmony, this, this unity with the Father. I, I want to bring you into this. And so I want to dwell in you, all right? Because it will be God dwelling in you. The Bible says that the person who keeps his commandments, God's commandments, abide in him and he abides in them. This is 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. Now get this, and by this, we know, we know, we understand that he abides in us. How does he abide in you? This passage says it. 
by the Spirit whom he has given us. The Holy Spirit gives you the revelation of your ability to abide in Christ. And there you grow, there you flourish, there you have life. And this is why the enemy would want to take you out of that. This is why the enemy doesn't want you reading the scripture. This is why the enemy doesn't want you praying. This is why the enemy doesn't want you in relationship with one another. He wants you not abiding in community and in the presence of the Father, but he wants you isolated and out so he can take you out. But the Holy Spirit has come so that you and I can dwell richly in Christ and Christ in us. The second thing that I want to tell you today that the the Spirit does or the function of the Spirit in your life is this. The Spirit functions as a teacher. So see, when God comes to dwell with you and dwell in you, it isn't just to hang out. God has purpose in every action. God doesn't do anything that doesn't have meaning and have purpose to it. And so that God would release his spirit on the earth to come and dwell in you has purpose. And so as the spirit dwells in you, the spirit functions in various ways. And one of the ways the spirit functions then is to teach you, is a teacher or a helper, all right? John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus says, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let me just clarify one thing there. When he says he will teach you all things, implied there is that everything that you need to be taught, the Spirit can teach you. And the Bible even warns you to beware of false teachers. And there are some things that you just don't need to learn in the world. So the intent of God, I believe here, is that he has released the Holy Spirit, and we're going to see it further down, is to bring the word to life for you to teach you the things from Scripture that you need to know and to teach you through uh, relationship with other brothers and sisters who are deep in the things of God so that you can learn from one another. And so we have this helper, and the reason we have a helper is because, folks, we need some help. And so when you and I walk in an attitude and we do this Oftentimes in the body of Christ, I don't need any help. I don't need anybody. I got it. I've said that so many times myself. I got it. I I was talking with someone this week, and in particular yesterday afternoon, and I find myself oftentimes having started a day and gone into a day because it's so busy and there's so much to be done without inquiring of the Lord. And so I begin to do things and I begin to shape life around my decisions, having not even talked to God. 
And it's like, Lord, I am so sorry. I decided this morning that I'm God. <laughs> I, I decided this morning that I know better than you. I, I decided this morning that I don't need you. I decided this morning that I can handle my own life. And all of those are lies. All of those are horrible deceptions that are born out of my own pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency. I need God. So do you. You and I cannot do this on our own. And we don't know the best way. And we don't have all the answers. And there isn't enough strength for you to muster up inside of yourself to accomplish it. And God knows this. And so out of his love, he has released the Holy Spirit to be your helper and to give you what you need so that he can teach you and you can learn of him and be more like him. The third thing I want to say to you is that the Holy Spirit works to bring remembrance of all things Jesus said. John 14, verse 26, the last half, part B there says, okay, so he says, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I have said to you. That part, he will not only teach you, but he will bring to remembrance. For someone so forgetful as I, that's, that's so comforting, all right? Some of you, you're clear, you're sharp, and you can recall a lot of things. But I'm not talking about just being able to quote something. I'm not talking about just being able to, to pull up a scripture and, and teach it or preach it uh, or, or, or something like that. I'm talking about in that moment when all of a sudden you realize that Oh my goodness, this is an opportunity from God and someone who's broken and searching and hungry and needy and, and has a, enough hope and enough faith to work with is put in front of you. And there in that moment, there's going to be something that they need and God will bring to your remembrance Scripture, true revelation, understanding that you'll be able to give to that person and it's in the right moment it's in the right situation it's in the right circumstance but in that moment you got it and it's not because you're special it's because the holy spirit is with you and the holy spirit is working with you i said to pastor dave once pastor dave and i do a lot of counseling together we we meet with people together and uh he he's very sequential and he's very systematic and he's very scriptural uh and i just i love that approach that he has with people and i'm a little bit more like intuitive and i'm a little bit more like prophetic and all of that and i think he loves that about me okay i'm pretty sure he does okay but we Together, it's like we really enjoy ministering to people and what we both bring to the table and how the diversity of our gifts work so well together. And so we'll be doing ministry and, and I'll say to him, I just, I love doing ministry with you. I love preaching with him. And he goes, yes, it's, it's good, isn't it? 
And I said, yeah, it's good. I said, but I really like that the Holy Spirit has us both. <laughs> All right? Because no matter how good you are at what you do, no matter how, some of you, I hear you, you are amazing at praying. I, I don't understand why we don't have more prayer in this church. Because some of you have such an anointing to pray, it's amazing to me. And, and how insightful you are through prayer. All right, it's just, it's the Holy Spirit at work. And I, and I love it, all right? And, and you, can, you can pray and pray and pray. Some of you, you have such authority. Like, you get down to business with God right away. You, when you start praying for people, uh, I mean, it's like there's an invisible sword that just got, came out, and you're just like, yeah, let's go. Let's kick devil butt, you know? And you're just doing it, you know? That's, a, that's I love that. I love that authority you take and that courage that you take when, when you're ministering to people. I love it when some of you, you haven't said a word and you've just been quiet as a bee for months and months and months and months and then suddenly I ask you to get up and say something in church and you just get up there and you just, I mean, you just wipe us out. You know, you just, you just smack it. And it's just, it's just so God, you know. And I'm like, look at that. You know, all of that is so amazing. But as amazing as all of you are, you need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we all need the Holy Spirit flowing through us and, and covering us as we are utilizing our gifts and allowing the, the function of the Spirit inside the church and doing ministry. But Jesus will do that at the most opportune moment. When you maybe don't think you have it, the Holy Spirit does and he gives it. And so he brings to remembrance those things that have been said by Christ. And that may be scripture, and it may be a promise to you. There have been times when I've like, I've been down and I thought, it's just, my life is not what I, I want it to be, and I'm not getting where I feel like I need to go with God, and, and it just feels like that there's a lot of walls or ceilings that are, that are low and close, and I'm not getting anywhere, and there's not spiritual movement in my life. And I feel like my, my prayer life is anemic or whatever, you know, and those kinds of things. And that's when the Holy Spirit will just quicken to me a promise that God gave to me maybe a year ago or two or three. And it's like, yes, that is a promise from God for me. I'm going to hold on. And it lifts my spirit. It, 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 it literally takes off that shackle that is on me. And then I can function better and flourish for Christ. So, we have Christ dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, functioning. The Holy Spirit is teaching us all kinds of things, all those things He brings to remembrance to us in those particular times when they are needful for us. And the Spirit will always, in all of this, testify of Christ. All right? I want you to get this. I've seen, I've seen this happen in churches where churches really like go hard after the Holy Spirit. They, they're like, we declare that we're going to be a Spirit-filled church and we're going to live by the Spirit and we're going we're to really seek the Spirit of God and we're going to grow and we're going to flourish in the Spirit. And, and wonderful, amazing things happen because the Spirit will come and the Spirit will fall upon us and the Spirit will move and we will see wonderful manifestations of the Spirit along the way. But a lot of times churches then get proud. And it's like it's about them. And the next thing you know, they're 
they got videos going out of everywhere and they got books going out of everywhere and everybody in church is now an author and there's all kinds of crazy things going on everywhere, you know. And, and I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but I'm saying to you and I, we will be a humble church. We will walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit has things to teach us. And I believe God will bring things to our minds that He's already said to us in times past and remind us of what He's doing in the now that is faithful to what He said back then. But I believe that in all of that, nowhere will the Spirit testify of life, church, or of you and I. The Spirit will testify of Jesus Christ. So regardless of what is going on, no matter how great it is or how, how big or how potent or how powerful it is, and when the Spirit is working, the intent of the Spirit is to acknowledge Christ and His Lordship as the Son of God who came to die for the sins of the world. And that'll never get misplaced. That'll never get offset. That'll never get covered up. That'll never get lost. In the things of the Spirit, always Christ is preeminent. Always Christ is acknowledged. Always Christ is pointed to. So the Spirit will always testify of Jesus Christ. When the Comforter comes, John 15, 26 says, Whom I will send unto you from my Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, Jesus says, He shall testify of me. So nobody else gets that glory. And in Life Church, we don't share the glory of the Lord with anybody else. And by that I mean we don't give someone else credit for what God is doing. All right? So the Spirit will always, in all of this that He's doing, He will testify of Christ. Why? Because the work of the Spirit is this. He convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. John 16, 8. When He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world according to sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9, He says, Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. The work of the Spirit in the life of the church is not just for the life of the church. It isn't so you and I get another good time. All right? The Spirit is moving so that the world can see the truth. Know that Jesus is from the Father and can be convicted of their sin. And that is God's great purpose based on God's great work. God didn't give His Son just to hang out. He was given to reconcile the world. And we're going to let you understand that fully in just a moment here. God convicts of sin through the work of the Holy Spirit. All right? With this help, all right, you are able, we'll start with us in-house, okay? We are able to identify sin, we are able to feel guilty about sin without being condemned by it. And the Holy Spirit helps us to differentiate what is right and what is wrong, 
good from evil, and it will always remind us of what the possible consequences of sin is, and that is separation from God. And so this is the great work of the Holy Spirit. And and I promise you, okay, as I close here, I want to promise you this. I'm going to get to those things that benefit you. We're going to talk about the gifts, and we're going to talk about aspects of the Spirit that will benefit you in other ways that that are good things too. And I know some of you want to get to some of those places, all right? But we've got to do this foundationally. We've got to lay this good foundation here of the purpose of the Holy Spirit first. And more than anything, God's intent in sending the Holy Spirit to to the earth was, I believe, to make you and I more like Jesus and to convict lost people of their sin. All right, so that's where we start. That's the beginning point, if you will. All right, and maybe you're one of those people today that you, this is all new to you. You don't know all of this yet, but we will help you to understand. Melissa, will you come? Melissa's going to talk to you for just a few minutes as we close here about the gospel. Jesus came. He lived the life that we couldn't live. He died and was resurrected to overcome that sin and that death that was in the world. And then when we follow him, um, we too get to be joined to that, that life and that resurrection and that freedom from sin. And we get to walk to him. We give, with him, we, he gives us his Holy Spirit so that, as Pastor Bill said, we're able to walk in the Spirit. We're able to hear the words of Jesus and be reminded of them. Um, and so, as Pastor Bill said, if this is new to you, if that's just something you haven't really heard or experienced before, we, we have a prayer team that's going to come up. Um, and if you're interested in just beginning that journey and beginning to learn what it is to walk in the Spirit, um, they'll be up here to pray. Or if you have needs for anything else, um, they'll also be up here for that. So I'm going to invite them up. I'm going to pray. And then if you need prayer, you may come up or you're free to go. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to come, to live, to die for the sake of our sins, to be resurrected, to overcome that sin and death so that we could be united to you again. And so I ask today that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we would begin to hear your voice in new ways, to be able to understand what it is that you're asking of of us and how we can cooperate with your Holy Spirit um, here and now in this life. So we thank you, Lord, for your, your spirit. We thank you for all that you give us, and we pray blessing on all of us as we, as we prepare to go our separate ways. I pray this all in, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.